Good morning. Today we are reading from Hebrews 13. And if you have your Bibles, we'll encourage you to turn to Hebrews 13, verses 1 through 6. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear, what can man do to me? This is the word of the Lord. morning, church. It is good to be among family, among those who, who love the Lord and want to be and share life together in this place. So let's start with a word of, of prayer. Amen. Heavenly Father, we are coming to your word. You gave your word for us for our edification, for our correction. You gave it for our training in righteousness, and you gave it to understand the way of salvation, with, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. We ask you today that by your Spirit, you make your word do all these things for us by faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I was talking this past week with an engineer, and he explained to me that after he finished his engineering degree, the following step for him was to apply to be accredited by the Canadian, Canadian Engineer Accreditation Board, a long name for, for, for an engineer. And after that ordeal, he officially became an engineer in training. Not just engineer, but engineer in training. This means that he had to work under a mentor for a while until he obtained his mentor's approval and could fly solo. In a, it is similar in other fields and careers as well. This mentorship is crucial to put into practice all the theories learned in university. And after university, it is time, to, it is time for hands-on in a supervised environment. And that is what is happening here in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 13. The last 12 chapters of Hebrews have a mix of theory and some spiritual assessment. But when Hebrews 12 concludes, 
it concludes explaining what it means to be a citizen of heaven, a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And the chapter 12 closes by saying, in the last verse, in verse 29, in verse 28 and 29, therefore, since we have received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and let us offer to God acceptable worship. Now, I can see, I can almost see the puzzle faces of these Jewish believers asking themselves, well, if I am not able anymore to visit the temple and be there to say my prayers and to worship God through my sacrifices, how this writer is telling me that I will show my gratitude and I will worship God. So then, the author, without any further introduction, he go directly. So, the way to be thankful, the way to offer acceptable worship to God, to the living God, is verse 1, chapter, chapter 13. Love your brother and sister in the faith. You want to worship God? You want to be thankful? Okay, number one, very practical. Love your brother and sister in the faith. Let brotherly love continue. They were already showing some love in this community, but he is telling them, okay, let brotherly love continue. The word brotherly here is an interesting one. This word speaks of a family, a relationship between sons and daughters of the same father. Remember that the context of this book is a local church. And the love... So I want, to, I want to do an exercise now, this morning. Look around you this morning. And there you are able to see who is your brother and your sister. These are the people you are called to love as a family. These are the people you are called to love as family, father, mother, or sister in the faith. We are called to share life together, to cry together, to support each other, to babysit for each other, to visit each other, 
to speak the truth in love to each other, to encourage each other, to give rights and lend our cars to each other, to prepare meals for each other. We are called to love the church as a family with brotherly, with brotherly love. The family in the faith. This local church is not a registered company or a social club. The family of the faith, the church, is a brotherhood where we have a common father, our father who is in heaven. And when, where we have our older brother who is Jesus. And as Hebrews tells us, he is not ashamed to call us brothers and sisters. That is the family of the church that is the family of the faith. And all of, our, all of us are part of that family. So, do you want to be thankful? Do you want to offer God acceptable worship? So, the first thing is love. The one you have beside you or in front of you. Show them the love that you have received. But second, verse 2, you want to show God thankfulness, you want to give God acceptable worship, verse 2, love hospitality. Verse 2 says, do not, it's very, very strong in in the original there, do not. It's like um, this part is not optional. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for, they by, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. The brotherly love we profess in the family of faith should be extended to those outside of this community of faith. The word hospitality to strangers carries the idea of treating a person or treating a stranger like a king, like someone is part of the novelty like he or she is a prince or a princess. You wish were very hospitable with their fellowship, with their fellowship, fellow Jewish, not so much with strangers. And they were not so different from us, don't you think? We are very, very hospitable and very, very lovely with those who we know or with those who we like. 
or with those that we share some common hobbies. But it's very, very difficult when we need to show this love to someone who is a stranger. It's like, feel like a strange. And some of us, like me, is like, no, it's, it's awkward. Right? But we are called to go the extra mile, showing hospitality and love to those who we do not know. And who knows? One of us may even host an angel. I am so grateful that I am part, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I am so grateful that I am part of this family of faith because someone here invited me to his place after the service. And I was there as a stranger. It was more awkward because I didn't speak English. So I was there just laughing when they were laughing. <laughs> I'm sure I was not an angel and I am not an angel, but... Imagine the grace of God using people like us to welcome others, to invite others, to be part of what God is doing among us. As a church, we have so many opportunities to be hospitable. There are so many students and families and people who come as a new commerce here to our city and to our church. Hospitality is one way to worship our God. And this, as I said at the beginning, is not just for some people who has the gift of hospitality. Because I have heard that. I don't have the gift of hospitality, but in the verse says, do not say that this is optional. This is for all of us. You want to be thankful? Do you want to offer God acceptable worship? Number three, love those who are mistreated. Let's read together verse three. Hebrew, Hebrews chapter 13, verse three. It says, Remember those who are in prison, as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you, you also are in the body. In the context of this letter of Hebrews, in the context of this church, 
is talking about those in prison where Christians were put there because of their faith in Jesus. The writer, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells them, don't live as if your brother and sister in Christ are not part of your family. They are in prison, mistreated, and forgotten because they are Christians like you. You and they are the same body. The only difference is that you are free, out of prison, and they are not. So the, 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 the call here is remember them. Take care of them and put yourself in their shoes. If I heard today that my physical sister was in prison, what, I would, what would I do? I would think of what she might need, right? Whether it may, it may be help, letters, a visit, clothes, paper, or books, something. But I will not be just saying, okay, someone is going to take care of her. It is me who need to be thinking about her. I need to be thinking about her daughters, about her husband. I will think about my parents. This is the call that the writer is putting us here. Remember and support those brothers and sisters who are persecuted, who are mistreated and suffering for the sake of the gospel. And in the Bible, we see many examples. You remember uh, in the New Testament when Paul was, was saying, thank you for the offering of love that you sent me once you knew that I was in prison because of this message that I am preaching. Thank you for sending me this person with my, my coat. And thank you for sending him with my, my, my Bible. Thank you for remember me. Thank you for praying for me. And that is the meaning of what he is saying. So, do you want to be thankful? Do you want to offer God acceptable worship? Remember those who are being mistreated because of the gospel. The next one is in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. If you want to be thankful, if you want to offer God acceptable worship, love God's view of marriage. Let's read verse 4. And it says there, Let marriage be held in honor among all 
and let the marriage bed be undefiled. For God will judge the sexual, immoral, and adulterers. It says that marriage should be honored by all. All Christians should see marriage the way God sees it because God is the designer of marriage. Marriage was not our idea. And how does God see marriage? Well, if you go back at the beginning the time of creation, God establishes marriage as the union between a man and a woman. And it is in that context that the writer is telling us here, the marriage bed is to be kept pure, means undefiled. And keeping the marriage bed pure refers to sexual purity. The Christian couple is called to faithfulness and exclusivity in the relationship. Because the last part of that verse clarifies what he is talking about. He says, for God will judge the sexual, immoral, and adulterous. Started saying that marriage is honorable in the eyes of God and that sex belongs in marriage and nowhere else. Which means that sex outside of marriage is under God's judgment. And I know this was a radical statement back then this letter was written. And it is a radical statement today. Still, human sexuality and marriage are God's design and not ours. If we want to live a life of worship and thankfulness, we should embrace God's view on marriage. And that's how, how it says in, in, in this verse 4, let marriage be held in honor among all. But lastly, You want to be thankful? You want to offer God acceptable worship? Love God's view of money. Verse 5 and 6 verse 5 says, "Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
In other words, if you want to live a life of worship and thankfulness before God, then be content with your financial status. Be grateful with, with what you have right now. The world encourages us to get what we want and want what we don't have. Our society operates within an economy of greed. If I have this, I want more. Therefore, living free from the love of money can be very, very hard because money gives us what we want, right? But notice that this verse is not saying that having money is the problem. This verse is not saying that we should stop working and live irresponsibly. On the contrary, the Bible teaches the importance of hard work. The Bible teaches the importance of investment and savings. But the problem here is the love of money. What God wants to, te to teach us here is a, 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 a spiritual, spiritual principle. God's perspective of money. And God's perspective of money is called contentment. That's what the verse says there. Be content. Be content with what you have. And then the next part says, For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do you see? The source of our contentment is not the security and comfort we get when we have a, a big fat bank account or owning properties all over the city. The source of our contentment is that we have become sons and daughters of a good, good Father who has promised never to leave us or forsake us. And that's what verse 6 says there. So we can confidently say, can we say this verse together? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? When you hear that what can man do to me, he's talking about money. If what man can do to me is taking, take my money, that's not a problem. 
And that's the hope there, right? Probably, I know, it's, for me, it's, it's a big problem, but that's the goal there. We can confidently say that the Lord is at our side and love of money is out of the equation. There is therefore nothing to fear and nobody can Nobody who can find, nobody can finally harm us. Having him as a father, being part of God's family is better than the whole money that you can pile under your bed. With God being our Father, with God being the one who is taking care of our needs, we shall always have enough. It was not in vain that our Lord Jesus said to us, do not worry. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So how we can be thankful? How we can be worshiping this beautiful God? Let us love our sisters and brothers in the faith. Let us be hospitable. Let us show love towards our brothers and sisters suffering for their faith. Let us have God's view of marriage. Let us be free from the love of money. If you want to understand why now the writer of Hebrews is saying these things. I will, I will give you a homework. Just read chapter 1 to 12 of Hebrews, and then you will understand why he now is asking us these kind of things that, yes, I know, can be scary or can be something that we can say, mm, that is too much. He's asking us too much. But if you read the previous chapters and we understand all the things that he has done for us, you can say, oh, yeah. He already did the legwork for me. This is only the way that I can show my love to him and my gratitude to him. And therefore... I can do these things because he loves me and because I love him. Let's pray. 
Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you for the way you speak to us, Lord. You, you don't expect, Lord, to do this as a to-do list in our Christian in our Christian life, Lord. All this is because of what you have done for us before. So help us, Lord, to see you in the right perspective. To see you as our Father who is taking care of us. To see you as the God that so loved the world that sends his only Son so that we can receive this great salvation and then we can love as he loves us, our brothers and sisters. Then we can be hospitable, then we can love those in need. Then we can live in purity. And then, Lord, we can be free of love, of material things, Lord. Help us to see you, Lord. And help us, Lord, to be thankful and to worship you, Lord. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand and let's sing this closing song together.